0: I don't know how I'm celebrating pride. I'm celebrating pride by having this conversation with you. You know, I'm doing it in this particular way. I think that, again, we get so lost in the celebration side of things that we forget that there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. And there's still a lot of awareness for trans rights and making sure that we are doing the right things for our gay brothers and sisters and understanding where we are in the fight against HIV and AIDS. I think that there's still work that needs to be done and it gets lost in the celebration and the parties and things. So by having this conversation is how I'm celebrating my pride.
1: Hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode on Blooming Crisis. First of all, I want to thank everyone for your incredible support and feedback after we released our last episode with Jenny Baird on suicide prevention. I'm pleased to share that Jenny and her team was able to raise 10,000 in memory of her stepson, Henry, to help AFSP American Foundation for Suicide Prevention pursue their goal of reducing suicide 20% by 2025. And today I'm pleased to welcome another wonderful co-worker of mine at BBC News, BBC Studios to Blooming Crisis podcast. His name is Jared White. Jared and I have been working together for nearly three years by now. He used to be a media planner when I started and he's now an account executive in our America's uh, ad sales team. As we know, June is Pride Month. So I cannot wait for you guys to get to know Jared, because he's amazing, also very inspiring. So Jared, I'm going to pass it to you to introduce yourself.
0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Um, thank you so much for having me on Blooming Crisis. This is just incredible just to be a part of this. I've truly enjoyed what you have done, what you've accomplished so far. And and I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for that introduction. It's so important to be here just to share your stories. You know, I think that that's so important that we allow our stories to be heard so that other people can hear it. So that was one of the Mm -hmm. reasons why I had to be a part of this conversation with you. Thank you for my introduction. I don't know what else to say. You know, I've worked at the BBC <laughs> with you now for 3 years. I'm also an entrepreneur, a uh, content creator. I also a fellow podcaster yeah. as well, a published stylist. So the list goes on and on and on. We can talk all day
1: about that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. And the reason why I'm so excited to introduce you to more people, uh, especially my audience, is because I, I, I do think that we are so much more than our career, mm-hmm. more than our job, more than our title. And I feel like this is also something that you and I connect very easily and instantly with each other yes. when we talk about topics outside of our immediate Responsibility at work, uh, but also beyond that, like about the communities and through the pandemic, there have been so many events that, on the one hand, it wasn't easy for us, right? When you um, are from the Black community and there are a lot of things that happened at that time. And then, you know, even for me, seeing that for the very first time, because I'm not from here, and that was, I think, the very first time that I felt. Eye-opening.
0: I think a lot of people felt um, this exact same way because it was the first time that they've experienced it or not to say the first time that that we've had the time to digest what was happening. You know, we had no other choice Mm -hmm. but to pay attention to watch TV. We were locked down, you know, so I think that a lot of people were in that moment. Um, Even for myself as a black man, I always knew these things was happening. But to finally see it in front of my face all day every day yeah. there was an intensity to activate you know and be active as possible um so i was so happy that you were present for that and you were able to witness that even though it was a difficult thing to witness but that awareness of what has been happening is was super important
1: yeah so on that front i'm actually very thankful for that experience because it was definitely a very educational experience for me learning about what's happening in America. Obviously, it's not the first time. It wasn't the first time. And hopefully, we will not see these kind of incidents happening in the future. But because of that moment, I think not just me, but a lot of other people, including your community as well, I guess, that it was the moment when we all had to take a pause and really educate ourselves and trying to understand what happened? Why did it happen? And what can we do to make it better? So speaking of that, I'm curious what it's like for you growing up, you know, in America, being a black gay man.
0: Um, challenging. It's, been, you know, it's a struggle. When, and, and when you say gay, I always still shrink when I hear that term. And I, and I know that we, we spoke about this a little bit last week. And it's about owning it, right? And you really have to own mm-hmm. who you are and own your story. But it's been tough because you; those two things are not mutually exclusive. I'm not just one thing or another. I'm both things. And both mm-hmm. things have come with their set of strikes as well. We've just discussed how difficult it is to be a Black person in America. Um, and now you add on my sexuality as well, that at a time when I was growing up was not widely as accepted as it is today it wasn't cool to be a gay person. We weren't celebrated on in music and in fashion as much as we are today. So I had to understand at a very young age that my journey will be a little, will, will be difficult, not a little difficult. It will be difficult mm-hmm. one because of my skin color um, and the other because of who I might find interesting or who I might find attractive. And and it was a, a lot for a young boy to deal with, you know, and a lot of that stuff was internalized. Yeah, I was fortunate because, of course, I was also attracted to women and and knew that at a young age as well. So for me, how did you find
1: out, though? Well,
0: you know, I I think that everybody really knows, like, I don't think being gay or queer or bisexual or trans, I don't think any of that is a choice. I think that you know who you are when you when you are born in, in some cases. But when you are a young kid, you don't know anything. You don't know anything about sex. You don't know anything about the opposite sex or even the same sex for the most part. You're just a child. But I always knew that there were these feelings that I had. And I just didn't know how to explore those. Because again, you are a young five-year-old boy. Like, what are you even trying to do to explore any of those things? But I always knew that it was going to be a challenge. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we don't talk about the trauma it is when you're a gay person and you realize that you're different and that trauma that comes up when you realize it's not going to be widely accepted. And the journey at that particular point is how do you love all sides of yourself, the good, the bad and what's different. Um, And and I think that's the journey that I started at a very young age and and understanding how to love myself as much as possible, whatever that is, whatever that looks like.
1: Mm. Yeah. And you mentioned something that I find very important, even though I'm not in the LGBTQIA community or LGBTQ plus community, I know that intersectionality is very important and We do need to talk more about intersectionality because, so for example, I'm a woman, but I'm also a woman of color. I'm, you know, an Asian woman. And at the same time, I'm not even from America, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm from a different country coming here as an international student. I don't speak English as my first language. So this intersectionality is something that I feel like our society sometimes forget and generalize everyone as one in each community and I would love to understand more about that in your experience was it hard for you to come out like how did you navigate through that journey can you walk us through that
0: yeah I um I never enjoyed the term coming out Mm. because our straight brothers and sisters or straight people do they don't have to come out you know no one has to come out as a straight person they just are allowed to be who they Mm -hmm. are
1: yeah or maybe like share with other people if that's a better term to say right right or
0: or come through Mm. i've always just like as i've gotten older i just like the term just coming through or being who you are or growing up or enjoying your journey i think for me I read your, you, you made a commencement speech to the class of 2022. Yeah. And in your speech, you mentioned solitude and how important solitude is. Mm. And at my time and at my self-discovery, I was, what, 26 years old at that particular point. Um, I had just moved into my own apartment and moved out of my mom's place and moved into my own place for the for the first time since college. And I was single. All my friends had started their lives and and whatever they in their perspective feels or moving away. And there was a moment of solitude where there was no distractions. I wasn't dating anybody. I was so focused on Jared and this new start to my life. And it made it easier for me to come into who I was at that moment. The journey Plus that after that was difficult because it took me 26 years to understand who Jared was at that point. I wasn't going to find out who I was in two years at that particular point. So I'm still on that journey of self-discovery or or coming through or or coming out. And it's still a tough road, Mm -hmm. but things are so much better than it had been 20 years ago. You know, the, the, the landscape of what being a gay person is different. It's a bit more accepted. To answer your point earlier about what it is like to be a Black gay man, it's super important to be a Black gay man at this particular point because because of this journey and understanding how important it is to share your stories, understanding how important it is to be a role model in a way. I've always thought about it for the young Jared's coming up so that they can have something to look to or look for because I didn't have that, you know, yeah, yeah, RuPaul has been around forever, you know, so I there was always like RuPaul, but there were never these other figures that I can look to and look after And, and I'm so happy to see so many powerful figures in that are part of the gay community being successful and being celebrated because I didn't see that growing up mm-hmm. so to see that now it makes me proud and I know that there's other young gay boys and girls with these opportunities to find figures so I am I just find it very important to be a part of the conversation now so that someone else can have something to look up to.
1: I love that and uh, I love the fact that you can also Resonate with what I was sharing about the importance of having solitude because I agree with you. I think that it helps us tremendously in our journey of self discoveries and understanding ourselves better. Because self awareness, in my opinion, is one of the most underrated intelligence that we tend to forget. So I'm glad that you allow yourself to have that time and get to know yourself. And
0: How have you allowed yourself to get to that point of embracing solitude or embracing that self-awareness?
1: I think personally, I have to thank the pandemic for that because it's really forced me to be by myself.
0: Very true. And
1: if that didn't happen, I probably wouldn't realize that I love myself because, you know, before the pandemic, I think that we were always surrounded with people, right? And Talking about being in the right environment is also important because, you know, what if you're yourself and I want everyone to be themselves, but if you are in the wrong environment, it can be very difficult to really understand that it's okay to be yourself and Mm -hmm. it's beautiful to be yourself. So I am very thankful for the pandemic to happen so that I have that solitude that I didn't choose to have but it turned out to be something that I really harness, and I proactively create that solitude for myself after the pandemic because that's something I want to keep with me. Yeah. And it allowed me to also reflect on a lot of the things, you know, to your point earlier, the reason why you feel empowered to also share your stories because you know that a lot of young black gay men, you know, the young Jared, you want them to also feel empowered and inspired to yeah. really embrace that journey for themselves and see you as a role model in this journey that allow them to know it is great to right. be themselves.
0: And we all want to be seen at the end of the day, right? I think we all just want someone to see us and hear us. Right. And growing up, internalizing a lot of that without even giving myself an opportunity to be honest about how I felt or how I was feeling about my sexuality or who I was I kind of limited my visibility in a way yeah and, and I don't want that for anybody else you know like I said to go back to that piece about trauma that's a real feeling when you realize hey I'm, I'm different than someone else mm-hmm. or I'm different than the mass community at large And then you just want to be seen because you are so different. You want people to see you in your difference and difference and understand that that also is your superpower. You know, we Mm -hmm. don't understand that sometimes our differences make us so much, much more capable and much more beautiful.
1: Yeah, I do agree with you. I think that our differences is really our power. And I think that I have also come through a very long journey to really understand that because it's easy to say, it's harder to really comprehend (laughs) what that means. Yes. And that's why I also relate a lot to what you share about doing something because you realized you didn't have that when you were younger. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly why Blooming Crisis was also born, because I really want to be able to do something that I knew it was lacking for me. And speaking of Blooming Crisis, I know that you have gone through a very hard time during the pandemic, not just being a black gay man, but I know that your mom also passed away during that time as well and i remember that it was right before pride month last year i believe
0: yes yes
1: so how did you bloom in crisis Jared? <laughs>
0: that's a i think i'm still finding that how to do that mm-hmm. you know i my mom and for your reader listeners who aren't know my mom she made her transition A year ago, her birthday, happy heavenly birthday, was June first, and she made her transition in May. My mother was by far the driving force for a lot, if not all, of what I have done and will continue to do. I'm in a healing place. Um, I think that we, when these crises happens, we do not allow ourselves enough time to heal. Mm -hmm. So I'm still in a place. Of healing. I'm still heartbroken and still saddened, but I understand the importance of going through moments like these, you know? Mm -hmm. Why not me? I did so much research into losing a parent, grieving, and you realize the importance of going through grief and not just acting like it didn't happen. So I've just allowed myself to feel whatever it is that I'm feeling. I have a really deep wound that no one can see or feel but myself. Mm. And it's just been a tough time, you know, and there has been so much productivity in my crisis. You know, I'm out here living in L.A. I've got promoted from my job. I'm still working through my businesses, but I can only do that with the strength of my mother. I can only do that because she's guiding my steps. I can only mm-hmm. do that because I know now that there's more to our world than what we see, hear, smell, taste. You know, there's so much more to this world. And my mother is still an active a part of it. And that's what keeps me going. Mm-hmm. Again, this was a traumatic experience for myself. But there was also a level of activation that happened through this traumatic experience. And it activated my faith. It activated the fact that there is a God at play here, and my mother is walking hand in hand with him or her, and she has a much better job that she can do for me from where she is. So to answer your question, how I've been blooming in crisis, it's just by keeping my faith. Mm. And the days that I can't get up out of bed or don't want to, I still get up. Those days that I feel sad, I feel sad. Those days that I'm depressed, I am depressed. I don't let it keep me there. But I feel what I'm feeling and I keep pushing. And and I know that so much will come by just pushing forward. And that's what my mother would have always wanted.
1: Yeah, Jared, that is so beautiful. Just hearing what you shared. I know that the pain is still there. Actually, the last episode when I recorded with Jenny on suicide prevention. Yes. We also talked a lot about the grief journey for Jenny, being a mom and you know having her son took his own life. Yes. which is not the same, but it's the feeling of grief is something that I guess we all learn as we go, and it's not gonna go away, but yeah. we grow to embrace it and transform it and channel it in a way that help us continue our journey and our shoulder become stronger, um, as Jenny also said as well.
0: I really appreciate Jenny's conversation. I listened to it. I couldn't listen to the whole thing because I was feeling so triggered, but I felt her pain and what she was sharing. Grief is something that's super tricky. It's something that you can't wrap up in a bow at the end of the year. You know, once you reach your year mark. There will always be something, but you learn to live with it. And I believe Jenny had talked about this as well, how you live with it and how it just becomes a part of your life. Mm -hmm. And I think that I'm in that point in my life now, or in my recovery of how do I incorporate this grief into my life? Because now it is a part of my story, but it can't stop me. Yeah, Jennifer Scott, she was one of the people that, really poured into me at the time when my mother passed away and when she spoke to me she helped me realize that there is a light that we all have and these things will happen but you can't allow that light to go away yeah and that's just where I'm at in my recovery is working through it and just not allowing it to stop me from whatever the goals are and whatever I have ahead of me
1: yeah I love what you and Jennifer have been doing at our company by the way And I would love for us to also talk about that because it's actually very inspiring for me personally, but I know that for many other people at our company, and it's going to be very inspiring for our listeners as well. But before we get to that, I really want to comment on your sharing about embracing your state of mind as is because, you know, another thing that I pick up from my conversation with Jenny on suicide prevention is. A lot of people decide to take their own lives, unfortunately, when they face loneliness or difficult times in life. And I know that someone like you, especially you, you know, like you have gone through a very hard period of time, very intense, and you saw that light and you walked through it. And as you shared, you wake up every day and you get yourself out of bed. If you're feeling depressed, you admit to yourself that you just don't feel great that day and move on and surround yourself with people who support you, which I think is a very important message that I just want to take a pause and talk about that so that other younger people or whoever listen to our podcast right now also hopefully understand that it is temporary. And that feeling will change and we'll feel better as we continue our journey and surround ourselves with the right people and um, really push ourselves out there. So thank you for sharing that.
0: Yes, of course. And and you've mentioned this in one of your other shows about not claiming it i'm feeling sad or i'm feeling depressed exactly. or i'm feeling these things instead of saying i am and th- and that's something that i've had to learn how to change my vocabulary when i'm speaking about my feelings and not always mm-hmm. owning those things because once you start to speak i am then you will become um, so there is a different type of i feel these things and then i loved mm-hmm. your your note about identifying why you're feeling that way so you i'm feeling Mm -hmm. sad because i'm missing my mother let's name what the thing is or i'm feeling sad because i i don't know failed a test or whatever let's name those things but to your point it's temporary everything is temporary and you owe it to yourself and i'm speaking to all of your young listeners you owe it to yourself and, and any listener you owe it to yourself to push forward you owe it to yourself to get to the other side even in your depressive state or your sad state, you're still creating. There's still things that are happening around you. And you owe it to yourself to get to the other side to see the beauty of your creations. Yeah. Um, so one thing that my mother has always taught me is to push forward and keep it pushing. And I know that it's easier said than done. I know that there is a lot of heartache in the world in which we live in. I know that people are feeling so much more than they may have ever felt in their whole lives because of the pandemic, because of lockdown. But for I would encourage everyone to feel those feelings, not numb yourself to those feelings. And as you mentioned, understand that it's all temporary and, and things do get better.
1: Yeah. I love how you uh, keep referencing to... <laughs> my previous episode and blog post, because I really appreciate that. Like, sometimes I don't know if anyone's reading, anyone's listening.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, of of course. Uh, And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to do it. You're you're sharing such valuable information. It's information that we all, I think, sometimes know, but then we forget. And sometimes you just have to reinforce those things and, and just keep yourself going. And you're doing such a wonderful job with with the tools that you are providing to your listeners and your readers.
1: Thanks, Jared. And so do you. And that's why I want to talk about the things that you have done through that journey. As you know, uh, we are going to talk about that anyway. So I would love for you to share with our audience all the amazing things that you have done when you actually experienced probably one of the most intense feelings Mm. during that time being in lockdown you know the event of George Floyd your mom passed away in the midst of the global pandemic and Mm -hmm. the book club and you know like you had your podcast tell us all about that
0: (laughs) yeah um there's always seems to be a level of productivity with me in pain. Mm-hmm. I would be referencing my mother a lot anytime I do anything, but she always taught me about she all heard words, but pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Anytime I would come to her with an issue or some pain I was going through, the instruction was always, how do we move forward from this? And for me, I've always thought of myself as a super creative person. But I'm also a bit of a businessman as well. So I'm always trying to find ways to express myself. And at the time when George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and, and the countless of other Black and brown men and women who were affected at that time, and this is not just because of that incident, these are generational traumas that have been passed down, there was a form of activation again in that trauma. Um, and from that was birth my personal brand, the Not Your Enemy brand. I started with my partner, Mrs. Shannon King. Thank you so much for supporting that and wearing the t-shirts and doing that wonderful uh, post for us. I love
1: that. I want to repost that post when we have this podcast. (laughs) Yes, please.
0: But the Not Your Enemy brand was a platform that Shannon and myself created as a way to, similar to what you're doing, giving Mm -hmm. Black and Brown creatives a place to tell their stories and to build awareness for the unjust things that were happening to people of color during that time. Again, this is something that we've have always known about, but because of the pandemic, everybody's eyes were focused on it. And I had made a promise to myself a while ago that I would do something when this happened again. And When this happened, I didn't know what to do, but I knew I had to do something. And the first thing I thought about was t shirts, or that's the first thing that came up with me and Shannon were to do t shirts. And we sold our first Not Your Enemy t shirt, gave all donations back to charity. And from there spawned the Not Your Enemy Speak Out Sessions, which is a podcast. We're in our sec. We did two seasons. We're going to hopefully launch our third season this fall. And that was a place to give (laughs) again. Thank you to give creatives a place to tell their stories we were all locked down for you know six months at that point and we have done so much as young creatives young people of color Mm -hmm. we've all done so much and just because you may not have two million followers and you might have only have a hundred that doesn't mean your story isn't as important it doesn't mean that your story shouldn't be told right on your story can still help somebody else so the Notcha Enemy brand has really helped me out a lot with just my creativity and, and my business sense. And, and I feel it has inspired a lot of people. And I still work on it to this day. We just did something for Mental Health Awareness Month. We promoted t-shirts again, and, and profits will go to charities. Um, the Boris um, Lawrence Henson Foundation, which is a charity for mental health awareness. Mm-hmm. And this month, of course, we have a pride t-shirt out as well. So, you know, we're just going to keep pushing and keep telling the stories and keep telling the narrative. And and for work, being a black man at a news corporation, and I'm sure you, you feel the exact same way when it comes to just, where's the diversity? When the events of George Floyd happened and being one of, at that time, you know, I think there were only three other black people on our team or three other people, a Black black people on our team. You know, who is going to talk to this? You know, who is going to talk about the feelings of the nation at that particular point? But me, (laughs) because who else can tell that story? And to be fair, you know, who really started the book club? It was Jacqueline who started the book club. That was Jack's idea. That wasn't even my idea.
1: That's amazing.
0: Jack came up with the idea of doing a book club. And she and I had partnered together for that first one. And I really shout out to Jack because she really shown what a true ally looked like at that time. And she really did the work that she had to do. And she really pushed that initiative forward in the initial stages. So if it wasn't for Jack even coming up with the idea and putting me in the position, the book club that I started at the BBC would not have even started. Um, It was called The Breakdown. Everyone loved it. But it was really important, again, at that time to have those tough conversations. Yeah. And not sugarcoat the conversations. Mm -hmm. And let's really talk about what's going on. And that when it comes to businesses and when it comes to those types of part that comes to that part of my life, it's all about keeping the conversation going. I find a lot of times we these things happen. You have the news cycle, the media companies Mm -hmm. go into marketing mode because all of what we see on TV when these things happen is marketing. If you don't realize it, a lot of media outlets, they're marketing these unjust things that happen because we're still in the business of making money. But when these things are done, those conversations often stop. Mm-hmm. Well, I always want to keep the conversation going.
1: That's exactly why we are doing this.
0: Exactly, you know, even like for Pride Month, I'm doing t-shirts and t-shirts for Pride. I'm still going to sell those in July and August. I'm prideful right. every month. We should be prideful every year. We should see rainbows every day. You know, if we're if we really want to be celebrate lesbian and transgendered people, we should be prideful. Every month.
1: Exactly.
0: I feel like that was such a long-winded answer. But, you know, the one thing that you'll know about my stories and the things that I have accomplished, there will always be some productivity in my pain. That's how yeah. I keep myself going.
1: I agree with you. I think, I mean, obviously everyone coped differently, right? Mm-hmm. But I know that personally, I resonate with what you shared as well whenever I feel pain or whenever I feel helpless, it fuel me to be helpful, even if I don't know how, I just know that I got to figure something out. And everyone cope with it differently. But I know that you and I actually bond together Mm -hmm. based on how we deal with pain and crisis. And you always have the brightest smile. And you exude this positivity whenever i talk to you or when i see you in person so i actually wish that our audience can feel that energy as well even if it's only through your voice but i love everything that you just shared about your podcast and not your enemy and can you please send me the link and you know i want to make sure that our audience can easily get to your site and listen to your podcast as well
0: yes of course not your enemy, brand.com for everyone who is um, listening definitely check us out and I'll definitely yeah. share it with you though thank you
1: perfect plug uh, <laughs> and I think there's something that I'm actually also very thankful for working at the BBC where we are not just co-workers but we right. also can talk to each other about things in our lives and obviously to your point Pride should not be just in June. Like, we should not just celebrate LGBTQ plus community in June. And it's similar to when I think about mental health. I know that May is also the month of mental health, but it doesn't mean that we only talk about mental health in May. Everything that I'm doing is mental health related. <laughs> so um, speaking of LGBTQ plus community... I know that it's also very complex within the community itself, and I myself is not part. Well, let me take it back. I oh, you have, say, you have to say. you have to give us some information zip
0: that we didn't know about?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, what I what I was trying to say is that is
0: about I being exclusive. Support
1: the community. <laughs> I I would like to think that I'm in the community in a way that I support.
0: Okay. The community itself. You're now. You're an ally. You're an ally.
1: I'm an ally, yes. <laughs> and and that's why I want to learn more about uh, you know how to support the LGBTQ plus community. And I know that there are a lot of myths or like misconceptions that maybe mm-hmm. straight people like myself we may not understand correctly about the community. And and I want to be educated, which mm-hmm. is why I want to learn from you to see if there's anything that you think people in general, misunderstand about the community itself? And is there anything that you would like us to do more uh, to support the community?
0: Yeah, I think and that's a good question. I, I think that within the gay or lesbian, trans, bisexual community, we all have a different lifestyle within the community. Not everyone has this shared Identity or the shared lifestyle. And I think that's the first place that we can start because I do find that a lot of times people, or, or straight people, or people who are not part of the community, they think that we all share the same experience. You know, we're all mm-hmm. out partying all the time or being promiscuous or so all these myths about our community. And I think that there's an opportunity for education. You know, there's an opportunity to find the time to learn, similar to what was happening with the George Floyd murder and how. A lot of people wanting to know about the Black community at that time and taking the time to educate themselves. Mm -hmm. And I find the same can be done with the LGBTQ plus community as well. Take the time to educate yourself on our community. Find ways to support your friends. Talk to your friends. Have those conversations with your friends. Ask them, you know, don't treat your gay friend the way that you think a gay person wants to be treated mm-hmm. you know treat them how you would treat a normal human being treat people how you want to treat yourselves i think that's the core of a lot of this treat people how you want to be treated it's not always rocket science it's if you want to be treated like an asshole then you're going to be treated like an asshole. Oops, sorry i'm cursing on your mm-hmm. show my bad if you <laughs> treat people with the same respect that you want to be treated and again celebrate gay culture. Celebrate gay arts. Watch gay films. Immerse yourself in our culture. We're not trying to brainwash your children. Celebrate it. I think that that goes a long way. There's so much great content. And to be fair, let's be honest, a lot of the content, whether it's entertainment, music, fashion, health, is led by a gay person in some particular way. When we talked about earlier, being a Black gay man, I think it's super important. And hell, it's, even, it's much cooler to be a Black gay man these days than any other time. So embrace that. Embrace our culture. We know more than just Bruce Paul's Drag Race. There's so many different layers to being in this community and how important it is and how beautiful it is. And I think the more and more people embrace it. I love when I, I hear straight people are going to a Pride festival or a Pride concert. Because why not? <laughs> Why mm-hmm. not? Why not be a part of our culture? You know, it's, it's sometimes it's difficult being the only gay person or black gay person in the room. Why can't a straight person be the only straight person in, in the room and see how that feels for a change? Right. So I, I really think that it's about finding ways to support if you want to be an ally and a functioning ally, find corporations to be a part of. There's so many different ones and I can share those later, but you know, GLAD is a, is a huge one that has been supporting the LGBT community for years. HF, AIDS Healthcare Foundation, huge, doing so much for the age and HIV epidemic. And let's be clear, that's still something that is a part of our culture. AIDS has not gone away. HIV has not gone away. Mm-hmm. You know, th- there's things that still we need to work on and work towards. And, and like I said, learn and understand although things have become much more accepted within our community there's still so much more to go we still have our mm-hmm. trans brothers and sisters being violated being murdered yeah. there's still young gay men and women who are being thrown out of their homes and not being supported there's still men who are living in the closet and don't feel comfortable being their true authentic selves mm-hmm. as people to support other people do your homework reach out ask questions be a part of the conversation and let people know that you are here to support them and, and like i yeah. said i go always go back to do not pose what you think a gay person is onto your friends and family and let's celebrate pride all year it should not just be one month let's celebrate all year just like black history month shouldn't be one month just like asian american history shouldn't be one month it should be celebrated every day all day in my opinion
1: mm-hmm. i love that all very great advice and I love when you mention, you know, just talk to your friends. Because I think, you know, sometimes we overcomplicate things.
0: Yeah, it doesn't need to be that I know happening. personally.
1: Yeah, because like, I know personally, even though I'm straight, I am also thankful for actually when I was in high school in Vietnam, my class, we had, you know, gay students, we have people who are identifying themselves as lesbian and like transgender. So I grew up already learning about that, even though, to your point, at that time, it wasn't as open. Yeah. But then my friend who identify herself as just transgender, she's also now here working in the US, and we are still in touch, and we talked about it openly. And, you know, I'm also talking to you like this. I feel like it's very educational for me, but at the same time, that's just human connection. You know, right. I think... <laughs> I think that sometimes we overcomplicate things and if we just connect with each other as how we would connect with any human being and you know to your point treat people like how you want to be treated instead of treating people based on the box that you're thinking that they are in is going to be really helpful.
0: That was beautifully stated the way you said that just now. That was beautiful. Don't treat people the way the box that you think that they're in. Mm-hmm. Don't that's the yes, yeah, that's beautiful.
1: Yeah. Thank you. So how are you going to celebrate Pride this month? Are you gonna do anything fun?
0: Well, last you know, Pride is really big in Los Angeles. So I know last week they did their first ever West Hollywood Pride. Mm. Last weekend was um their big festival that they had. So I, I attended that. Little Kim was there Friday night, so I'm a huge Kim fan, so that's <laughs> that's how I spent my Friday night. I don't I don't know how I'm celebrating Pride. I'm celebrating Pride by having this conversation with you. You know, I'm doing it in this particular way. I think that, again, we get so lost in the celebration side of things that we forget that there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. And there's still a lot of awareness for, again, trans rights and making sure that we are doing the right things for our gay brothers and sisters and understanding where we are in the fight against HIV and AIDS. I think that there's still work that needs to be done and it gets lost in the celebration and the parties and things. So by having this conversation is how I'm celebrating my pride. I always like to find some type of educational piece in what I'm doing. I remember a couple of years ago, um, 2019, I took my mother. There was a big pride exhibit at the Brooklyn Museum and I took my mother. And it was so great to learn from generations past. We forget that HIV and AIDS crisis really wiped out a whole generation of gay people. Um, And it's so great to learn from those generations. How else can we see where we're going if we don't learn from our past? So, I always like to take these months to do as much education as possible, have conversations like this, connect with other people, gay people as well, because that's super important. We don't do enough of that, mm. I feel. So, yeah, that's how I'm celebrating my pride.
1: That's lovely. And I, to your point, you're not only celebrating
0: pride in June,
1: we should all celebrate it yeah. every day, all day, every day.
0: I party all the time. I don't, so... no, I don't party all the time. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't need a month to go out to the club.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is true. Right. (laughs) Yeah, no, I truly enjoy having this conversation with you today. And not just on our podcast, right? We talk about this even at work or when we hang out with each other. So that's also something I'm truly thankful for working at the BBC and also surrounded by colleagues like you Jenny everyone else that we are working with I think that is actually quite a unique place
0: yes very much
1: so the more that I reflect about it the more I'm thankful for being in the right environment and being surrounded by you guys
0: yeah I just feel like the BBC has done a great job by activating when everything has been happening and giving everyone an opportunity to speak and tell their stories as well and providing that space in safe and comfortable spaces as well and I feel that we have become a better organization because of that
1: yeah well Jared I am going to let you go and celebrate your pride month (laughs) or day today Um, but it's been really great talking to you and I cannot wait for you to come back to New York so I can give you a tight hug and look at your bright smile in real life. (laughs) You know how obsessed I am. Uh, (laughs) So, um, yeah, thank you so much for being here with us today.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so proud of the work that you're doing. And, you know, as I've been mentioning throughout this interview or this conversation, keep going, keep pushing forward, keep Even when you don't think anyone's listening or you don't think anyone's reading, someone's always watching. So just keep going. The power in sharing stories and the power of providing a platform for other people to share their stories is truly special. So just keep going. And I loved everything that you like, and I've actually have read your commencement speech and like that solitude thing really stuck out to me. So that, and it was so, you're so, you're so wise. You know, I've been listening to your stuff. Like you're really wise and yeah. I'm I'm so curious where where all that wisdom comes from because I know it has to come from a, a special place. So I'm I think that you're walking in your truth by sharing this wisdom with people, and I think people are really going to appreciate you.
1: Thank you. That's a <laughs> that's very good reminder for myself. I told everyone that if I look at how many likes I have, I probably already have stopped a long time ago. <laughs> so, yes. you know, it's just my personal message to everyone as well. If something is right to do and something that needs to be done, keep doing it don't look at how many people like your post or how many people are engaging with you sometimes people do it in secret and one day they will tell you how impactful what you're doing in their life because that's something that I have recently learned as well when people share with me that they are listening to my podcast or reading my blogs without me ever knowing it (laughs) unless they told me so so thank you Jared for that wonderful reminder And for our listeners, if you like this podcast or, you know, want to engage with Jared, please let us know if you have any follow-up questions and subscribe to our podcast so that you can get notified when we have a new episode. We are also on Instagram and Facebook at Blooming Crisis. So thank you all for listening. Thank you, Jared, for being here. You're welcome.
0: Happy Pride, everyone.
1: Happy Pride. And we will talk to you again very soon. Cheers.